Thank you for joining us here at VLC. Our purpose is helping people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Well, as you can see, the, uh, the subject, or I should say the title of the subject, could have different thoughts going, you know, today. Some of you think, well, what, what do you mean the signs of the times? What's that mean? Well, for different people, it means a lot of stuff. For some people, we want to go straight to the end time events. There is some truth in that, and we'll touch on some of those things. But let me set this up, the reason behind the talk. I think it's important for believers that we, we are aware of the times that we're in. Wouldn't you agree? I think for far too long, the church has lived within our little bubble of bless me and enjoy us, and the world has a different thing going on. And if they make it, they do. I mean, I told them one time, you know. And so we have to take, we have to take a step back and, and maybe self-evaluate a little bit. Is that okay? What, what prompted this talk, though, it, this has been a few weeks now, but my niece, teen, she sent me a text because she was, now this is one of the things I love about this girl. She likes to study the Word, and she's studying the book of Revelation. Now, we're not going to do a study on the book of Revelation, so be cool. Of course, some of you are like, yes, no. No, we're not ready for that yet. But we will touch on some things in it. But I got to th that got me thinking, and then a few weeks later, it was brought to my attention again uh, about this subject of, with, with, uh, with the mindset of what we're dealing with in the world today. What's going on globally, the things around us? And then I think maybe it was last week, our staff started talking about it. And then here's kind of what really pushed me over the edge to kind of go ahead and dig into this. Last Sunday, Cecil stopped me in the lobby. We were talking, and he asked me. Now, you have to understand something about Cecil. He's served the kingdom of God more than most of us have been on the planet. He has been a faithful pastor for as long as I can remember. He has founded churches. He founded a Bible school. He has accomplished so many things for the kingdom. And so when an elder of the body of Christ stops you and says, hey, I'd like to hear your, respect, your, your perspective on things going on around the world today in light of what Jesus said about the end time events, well, I'm like, yes, sir. I'll get right on that. You see, that's the thing. We need to learn how to honor the elders in the body of Christ. I'm going to say that over here. We need to learn how to honor the elders. In the, I, I think we get so comfortable and so casual sometimes. And, and listen, I'm a casual person. I want to be casual in my approach to my relationship with Jesus, to the things that we do. But listen, when it comes to the things of the kingdom, when it comes to Jesus, you can still be casual, you can still be fun, and you can be the most serious person in the room. I think the confusion we've made over the years is serious means no, no fun to be around. That's not true. I think the people, if you go back and look at the life of Jesus, little children would flock to Jesus. Well, they're not flocking to Mr. and Mrs. Meany. No, they're not. They didn't want to hang out with Jesus. So, so with that being said, I begin to think about, in light of where we are in the scope of end times events, we need to look at the signs of the times. We need to be aware of what's going on. And, and let me just say this. One of the things that kind of gets us off track or maybe out of balance today is the media. You all know how I feel about the media, right? Can, can I give you an example? of it just, Man, it just burned me up the other day. I'm trying to watch a ball game this weekend. And a commercial, you, you all know it's election time coming up. Don't get me started. But a commercial came on, so you can't even watch a game anymore without them trying to corrupt your thinking. But this, now, now the commercial was very sincere and heartfelt and compassionate and wanting you to agree to abortion. If you're watching, never going to happen. Never. Or is it? But I, I can't talk about that today. My point is the media is our problem today because if you look over the scope of history, things have been a lot worse many times than now. I personally believe that the power of the church is so strong now. Now, a few years back, we were on vacation and the enemy was able to wreak some havoc in some areas. Not now. We are awake today, aren't we, Jack? Yes, sir. Yeah. 
And so the enemy knows this as well. And so for us today, we have to have proper perspective when it comes time to talk about things going on in, in, in uh, accordance with what the Bible says about end time events. Now, we could be in end time events. I personally believe that we are, but I'm not going to push that agenda because, uh, and I'll show you some of these things in a minute. Our job is people. A couple of you, okay, like, man, I don't like people. I get it. There are days I don't like people. <laughs> but you're the pastor. And? I mean, we're in the people business, and you know why, you know why business is so good? <laughs> See, here's the thing. While we're on the planet, now you got to understand, we have this little window of time. And so while we're on the planet, each of us, we have this wonderful opportunity. Maybe I should say it like this. We have this, as children of God, we have this responsibility to impact those around us for Jesus. Yeah? See, and, and I know that I have said, that, I, I say it all Andrew, I say this all the time in my sermons, but you have to get this settled in your thinking today. Jesus made this statement. He told us that we are to occupy till he returns. See, on any given day, you need to have the switch of faith on. You need to be ready to share your story. You don't have to be, guys, I tell you this all the time. You don't have to be deep and theological. Stop trying to impress somebody with your Bible knowledge. You're not that impressive because the Bible is progressive in its revelation. I know you may know more than me, What's that saying? Huh? And so we need to stop that approach, and we just need to tell people what Jesus does in our life. Like, like we talked about with my brother-in-law at Keeneland a couple weeks ago. At, at Keeneland, he, he just told somebody about heaven. Somebody that had two months left to live, and he changed their life. See, that's why we're here. But should we be aware of these things? Absolutely. So as we... Look at some of the things that God's Word shows us about <clears throat> things concerning the end. It's important that we stay humble, that we stay these teachable ambassadors for our King. Yeah? But the challenge with this subject, I, I use this title, Signs of the Times. I borrowed it from Jesus. So he won't mind. <laughs> but, uh, you know, there are things going on that point us that show us that we are close. Now, I'm going to show you in a minute. That doesn't mean anything. You, you occupy. You got that? <clears throat> but the problem with this subject is there is so much, so much speculation, opinion, incorrect Bible interpretation, unbelief, confusion. And the problem is, and the reason for, that we have so much of that going on, Really, preachers don't even want to talk about it. And I think we have to. So, let, you ready for this? All right, Matthew chapter 16. Let's start with this. And now, by all, please understand, this is not some exhaustive study on any, any end time event. None of that. This is for us to, to get us dialed in a little bit more and be, be more on point with why we're here. Okay? But in Matthew 16, verse 1, the Pharisees and Sadducees came. Now, understand, the Pharisees and Sadducees, you have to realize... This is the religious organization of the day. And you, you, you have to be aware of this. The spirit of religion has been the enemy's number one successful tactic at keeping the church weak. The spirit of religion. Because there is no such thing as religion with Christianity. Christianity is a relationship. You are a new person. Religion is something that man does. Islam is a religion. Help me, Tom Cruise is a religion. Some of y'all are like, what's that mean? It's some demonic junk. He's, anyway. Of that day, the Pharisee, go back and follow Jesus. How many times did he tell them, you're of your father, the devil? Now, he was talking to preachers. I wonder if he would say that today if he showed up in churches, Cody. I hope he wouldn't tell me because that would really hurt my feelings. Man. <laughs> so the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they came and you gotta, you got to see their arrogance. They're testing Jesus. <laughs> he, he probably takes a minute and laughs at him, like, huh? Because they wanted Jesus to show them a sign. And he answered and he said to them, when, an evening, uh, when it's evening, you say it'll be fair weather for the sky's red. And in the morning, it'll be foul weather today before the sky's red and it is threatening. And then I want you to notice 
this word here with an exclamation point. I'm sure he stared right at the preacher and said, you hypocrites. He probably took a minute with a pause for effect and just stared at him. <laughs> he said, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. What, what was he doing here? He, he expected them. They should have known the sign. They, they, listen, the word of God from Genesis up to Jesus' was birth, they, he's coming. They, it repeatedly tells us you can go through the entire Old Testament and you can find the thread of Jesus all the way through there with prophecy after prophecy that he's coming. And he's standing in front of them. And they said, can you give us a sign? It's really you. Yeah. See, this is the thing that we find ourselves in today so often. And, and I want you to understand this. If Jesus, if he expected them to recognize his first coming, guys, don't kid yourself. He absolutely expects us, and I'm going to show you some of it today, that we need to be able to recognize his second coming. Yeah? Here's, here's the problem, though. You remember the story of the ten virgins in Matthew? They went out, they had their oil, and the oil is the representation of the Spirit, and, the, and they had their fire, that's the power of the Spirit. They had all that, and uh, t they, the ten went out, and, and uh, five weren't ready. And they asked the other five to give them some, like, no, you go get your own. Somebody, listen guys, somebody else's oil, somebody else's anointing, somebody else's power can't feel yours. And so they went to get theirs, and while they were gone, they weren't ready, the master came. And then when they came back to him, he said, I don't even know you. He said that he said in another passage, he said, some of y'all, you prophesy and you say, we did all these things in your name. He said, I don't know you. Religion. Man trying to be something that only Jesus can make us. And so you understand that as we begin to study this a little bit, guys, please, please know this, that the Bible is actually full of revelation, clues, signs, insight into this special event that's going to take place, this day of the Lord. And, and, and if you know that the day, just think about it. We can, Andy, we can say this with 100% assurity. We are closer than any generation on the planet ever. We are the closest one. Now, that being said, it could still be a minute. Huh? But we are the closest one. So as his body on the planet, it's our job to have as many as we can get ready, ready. We got to tell them about this. The Lord's coming back. Yeah. Our job with that in mind, according to the Apostle Paul. Now, in Timothy, Paul's giving us some instructions. And, and, and I'll get to my, my main point in just a second. But he made this statement on the way in 1 Timothy. He says this. Talk to the church. Actually, some theologians consider the letters of Timothy, they call them pastoral epistles. Now, there is some truth in that. But it's much more than that because there's no, there's no one book that's separated for just any, they're all for us. But he says this, that we are to pray for all men. How many? What about the one you don't like? Huh? What about the one that did your own? Pray for how many? And then he said this, say especially. Especially, y'all know what it says? Especially those in authority he didn't say complain about those in authority he just, he didn't say put ugly memes on social media about those in authority what he's what he say to do pray for them how we doing with that yeah we got everything under the sun going on with with the government today and the people that because a lot of it's not leadership you understand don't let, don't let politicians fool you into thinking they leader because they just you know, they got somehow somewhere. Pray for all of them. That position now, even though the person may not be anointed in, by God, that position is. So be aware of that. Guard your tongue about these things, because Paul Paul goes on to say this in chapter two. He says this because watch this. God desires that all men be saved. How many? But what about the one you know is ungodly? You know he's ungodly. All you got to do is listen to him for five minutes. He's not godly. But God desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth. 
Y'all know truth always wins? Yeah. Yeah, truth is moving big time right now on the planet. Truth always wins. Here's something that, as a disciple, here's something we have to be aware of. Guys, if we're supposed to recognize the day that he's coming, make no mistake, our enemy absolutely recognizes it. And he will be relentless. He will be, as, he will be as deceptive as possible at keeping us distracted. Really, his primary tactics are deception and fear. If he can keep you deceived, then he'll drop a boatload of fear right on top of you. And man, over the last couple of years, we went through such a state that the enemy is, he has wreaked havoc on the planet. But what's, what's really sad is in the church, the spirit of fear just had such a stronghold. Now that's changing, but it's only because we're willing to step back for a second and let the Holy Spirit help us. We need to be about encouraging and looking after one another. So what if somebody down the street's not on the same page with you theologically? I think we're in a place in the world with things going on that we need to get past some of that junk, man. Everybody's not going to like our style. Big deal. You know, I have people come and go from this church all the time for all kind of crazy reasons. Some of them legit, some of them not. A lot of it's the enemy just messing with stuff. Jesus said, if, if you, you know, the world is going to know that we're his by the love we have for one another so we have to be a little bit more intentional about these things not out of some legalistic religious stuff that never works you all but as you sit at the feet of Jesus and you allow transformation to take place what happens is from the abundance of your heart stuff just starts coming out of you the real you the, the one that God has ordained and anointed starts to show up on the scene in your break room in traffic Michaela's got her driver's license. Y'all look out. <laughs> uh, see, guys, we need to be uh, expecting God to use us in these situations in these last days that we're in. Hebrews chapter 10 says it like this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, you all know we just got through talking about this word hope. This word hope is this fixed, confident expectation and this word confession, the interesting thing about this word, the Greek word is homologio. I know, I'm from Kentucky, so I probably didn't say it right. But I don't speak Greek. I don't even eat Greek. <laughs> but the word, the word homologio, this word confession, it means to say the same thing over and over and over. What is he saying? That we should hold fast to the same thing. We should be saying the same thing about our fixed expectation. You should be speaking it over your life. Well, it doesn't look like it yet, but you just watch God. He will come through. Because God always, yeah? He said, let's hold fast the confession of hope without wavering for he who promised. He's faithful sometimes. All the time. And then he says this, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Now, that doesn't mean you got to come to church every Sunday. You don't have to. That, 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 that turns into a religion just like anything else. Well, I have to go to. You get to. We get the fellowship together. There is a koinonia that takes place when all of us come together and we love each other and care about each other and we fellowship and we cut up. That's what John was doing in the lobby when he came running here out of breath with the microphone because he's out there hanging out with his buddies talking and he's like, oh wait, I got announcements. <laughs> I'm glad it was him, not me, because I would have like, y'all got to give me a minute. <laughs> yeah. We should not forsake coming together. Don't let the enemy manipulate stuff. He goes on to say this, not forsaking the assembling of, of ourselves as th is the manner of some. In other words, it is going on. But exhorting, encouraging one another. And so much more when you see the day. Why would he put that in there if we couldn't see the day approaching? He said we should be encouraging. We should be exhorting one another when you see the day approaching. So we should see the day approaching. Guess what? I see the day approaching. My job as your, this is why God put pastors in churches, because he knows, listen to me, he knows how y'all are. 
He, he knows, now, now that, I'm not being critical. He knows that you're busy people. He knows you've got families and careers and things going on. I had to go to the ball field at, well, I didn't have to be there until 9, but somebody told me 8.30 something. So I'm sitting there. I pull up with Cameron and Adelaide. We're by ourselves. Like, where's everybody at? <laughs> well, we had to get here early because we got to, I say we, <laughs> but we got to chalk the field. <laughs> Mama's the coach. <laughs> huh? See, I, I get it that you're busy. So God sent pastors to churches so that I can come in here and I can condense all this down in a fast food drive through meal and you can take it home and dissect it. Like, oh, we're, we're supposed to be knowing what's going on in, in the things of the world as far as the signs of the time. Yeah, you are. So my job is to help you with that. Guys, understand, there is still a hell to avoid. Still a hell to miss. And both, we all know people that, that aren't ready for Jesus yet, right? So we got to help them. Let's not forget, we have a real enemy who has had way too much success deceiving people. Deceiving the church. He really gets, he, he loves it when people think that his kingdom really isn't a reality. You know? He loves it when Hollywood gets to portray him as this big scary thing. He's not a scary thing. He's a little wimpy demon. Defeated by Jesus. But we don't know. We, we don't know that. Huh? But when we talk about it more, we talk about it more. We have to get this settled in our, in our thinking. Jesus gave us authority on the planet. See, the enemy, he's a master of distraction. And, and that's, that's really, the, that's what's been going on around the world. Look over here. Look what's going on here. Watch the TV. Watch the TV. I got to watch the news to see what's going on. Are you for real right now? Did that just come out of you? You got to watch the news. There's no such thing as news. Y'all do understand that. If, if you made that statement this week, you are so deceived. I got to watch the news. That is, no, no, no. The, the, the enemy owns that. And distraction, deception, and fear is his tool. We live in a society today where you're going to have to do some work to find out real reality. Because I was praying about this, like, Lord, where can my people go to find truth? What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, they can. Google. Uh, don't you ever. But, but here's the, then, he, then, he, then, he, then he tells me this. He said, you're their shepherd. Yeah. So anyway, enough about that, right? Can we read some more Bible? Y'all okay? I know, that, I know this subject is like uh, going to the dentist. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew 24, watch this, here we go. This is Jesus, verse 42, and we're going to go into some detail about Matthew 24 because Matthew 24, Matthew 24 is one of those chapters that really confuses people when it comes to end time events because we don't read it with the right perspective. See, if you're going to study end time events, then you need to study them properly. Like Paul said to Timothy, you've got to rightly divide. And so when you go back and start studying, you have to study Matthew 24 from the perspective that the church is no longer here. I know everybody's like, man, is that going to happen with me? No, it's not. And I know there's some of you don't believe in the rapture. Well, then, then you can stay and work it out. <laughs> yeah. Listen carefully. Watch, therefore, for you do not know... You do not know. You do not know what hour your Lord is coming. See, lately there's been stuff that's been put out on social media, people trying to give these empty-headed prophecies about the Lord's coming back this day. If somebody gives you a time, you can mark it down, false prophet. Because Jesus, I'm quoting Jesus, Matthew 24, 42, you do not know. Y'all got that? So somebody telling you something like that, you, you, you can stop listening to them right then. You don't know. But know this. This is something you can know. 
that if the master of a house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would have watched out and not allowed the thief to break in. See, if you know when the thief was coming, like, not today. Click, click. <laughs> not today. Some of you laughing long time. Did he just fake gun clock? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did. <laughs> I'm licensed to carry. <laughs> In Kentucky, you don't need that, though, so it's all good, right? All right, listen. If you knew when the thief was coming, you'd be ready. Huh? Now, why did he bring that up? Because the word therefore, when, he put, when you see the therefore, you got to find out what the therefore is there for. He just told you, if you're watching, if you're ready, the thief couldn't come in. Therefore, you be ready. You. Be ready for what? FedEx? And your next Amazon drop-off? You be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you don't expect. Guys, I, I can tell you this. We are the closest generation ever to it. So according to Jesus, we need to be ready. We need to be watching because I can tell you this, the enemy is all about it. The enemy knows. Remember when Jesus showed up on the scene and the demons said, Jesus, Son of God, have you come to torment us before our time? they like, see the demons know, like, you early, man. You're not supposed to be here yet. Yeah. So we are close. Now, the enemy is going to continue messing with you, making fun of you. Listen to Peter's words in 2 Peter. Above all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come. They will scoff, following their own evil desires, and they will say, where is this coming, he promised. Ever since our ancestors died, everything's going on, and it has since the beginning of creation. It's all the same. Y'all keep saying he's coming. Where's he at? Paul says it like this in 2 Timothy, for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teachings. They'll follow their, boy, I can tell you as a pastor, this is so true today. They will follow their own desires and they will look for teachers. Listen to me. They will look for teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. Oh, I don't like what you're saying. I don't, I don't know about, Yeah. I need to go somewhere where I, I, somebody tells me something I like. Yeah. See, the truth is, over history, evil really hasn't changed throughout it. It just seems like it's a little bit more difficult in today's time because of media. But it's really not. I, I'm, I'm reading in the book of Jeremiah right now. Whew. That's a tough book, Jack. You know it? But in Jeremiah, Jeremiah is continually prophesying to the people of Israel about Nebuchadnezzar, about the, the, the Babylonian Empire coming in and taking over because the children of Israel, have, they've been so rebellious against God. And he keeps telling them, he keeps telling them, and all the kings and all the false prophets, they throw him in jail. I mean, one time they throw him down in the well with mud in it and just leave him in there. And then a heathen king comes and saves the prophet. Still, God still had his back. But you have to understand in, in, in all of that going on, when, when the prophet was telling uh, the people these stuff, no, nobody wanted to hear it. They wanted to hear other stuff. Oh, yeah, we're going to conquer. You're going to conquer, you're gonna conquer Babylon? You're not gonna, did they conquer Babylon? Some of y'all were like, I don't know. Did they? No, they didn't. I just talked to you about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego last week. They're a result of Israel being conquered by Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar came in and took over. He was the ruler of the world. If you go, now, when you study the end times, you've got to put the book, now, make, write this down. When you study the book of Revelation, you have to use Daniel and Matthew 24, all of them together. Because Daniel gives you a picture of the Antichrist, that beast that, that Nebuchadnezzar saw, the, different, the gold, the bronze, these are all typology of what's going on in the end. He, that's a picture of the Antichrist. Anyway, I'm getting too deep here. See, but evil hasn't changed is my point, you all. From then till now, the only difference now is it gets to be bombarded in front of you on the television. Turn that garbage off, man. Yeah, but I wanted to watch Tennessee beat Alabama. I know everybody did. <laughs> well, maybe not. There may be some Alabama fans here, my bad. About time y'all got beat. <laughs> but it was exciting until they start putting the, their, their 
their, their agenda in the commercials. Huh? I mean, whatever happened to good old commercials about drinking beer, smoking cigarettes? No, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> some of you laugh and some of you like, Martha, we're definitely not coming back here. <laughs> Way too much fun in church. <laughs> you should have fun in church. But how many of you remember used to, I mean, sports, I mean, they had beer commercial. I mean, it was nonstop. I'm like, man, I don't want any of you beer. And see, now it's all kinds of different twisted mess. The enemy has not changed. Evil has not changed. Here's something that Jesus said that we have, we, we have a tendency to overlook in Matthew 16. He said this, guys. I'll, he, he, this is the revelation that Peter got about who he was. He said, on this revelation, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Well, here's the thing about that. Over the years, I begin to think about that. You know, the, the gates of hell cannot prevail. And for the longest time, I used to think that that, you know, was, well... The, the gates of hell are coming against the church, but the, they're not going to be successful at it. That's really not accurate. See, gates represent entrance to something. See, we're, I think for so long we've lived on the defense. I think the church for far too, I'll use a, a, a sports example, we've played prevent defense for way too long. This passage actually means the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. We're supposed to be going into his kingdom and taking people out of it. But I think most of us, we just want to sing Kumbaya. Y'all come by here. We, we got a good deal on Jesus. Come on by. Running a special today. No, we got to go into the kingdom of darkness. You need to know who you are when you go in. You need to know that you have the authority of Jesus when you go in. See, and here's the thing. Jesus told us in the Gospel of Luke, he said, guys, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You have it. You have all the authority over the power of the enemy. And so we got to be able to discern our season that we're in. Light me on up. Keep going. Keep going. I'm, I know I skipped. There you go. You have to be able to discern this. What am I saying? You have to be able to recognize the signs of the times. What does that mean? That we get weird? No. You just get more aggressive about who you are. Now, when I say aggressive, I don't mean offensive and in somebody's face. You understand that, right? See, God is returning for a glorious church. Not some broke down, barely get by, hiding behind something church. Hiding behind, relying on a government church. Mm -mm, none of that, no, no. He's coming back for a glorious church. The book of Ephesians makes it very clear. And as the world around us just continues to grow darker, according to what the writer of Proverbs says is this, the way of the righteous is like the morning sun. And it grows brighter until the full light of day. See, here's the thing, you gotta be ready for this, guys. As the world gets darker around us, what does light do in darkness? It shines brighter. It shines bright. So be, be ready to stand out. You don't have to make it. Light doesn't have to make itself stand out. Light is bright. It stands out. Yeah? Here's the reality we, we might need to come to terms with, though. During Jesus' first coming, now you go check this out. When he was on the planet the first time, there came a point where his disciples, they had to, they had to make some hard decisions. They couldn't just coast anymore. They couldn't just hide behind Jesus anymore. Huh? They had to make some hard decisions concerning their faith, concerning their lives. Because the world was not open to them at that time. And so as we begin to peel back the layers of this revelation, I want you to remember this, guys. God desires all men. To be saved. This is our job. Now, we're having this talk because he wants you to be able to sit down <clears throat> and have a calm, casual conversation about the signs of the times. 
I can remember over the years when, I, when this subject would come up, we'd be in different fellowships and things, and people that don't agree with my view on it, man, they would just get mad. Well, guys, when that happens, and you, see, this is why we're talking about this. I believe this is why the Lord kind of led me this direction and uh, is because we need to have a normal conversation about it. But when, let me encourage you, when people start getting mad about these things, they want to prove their point and they're all dogmatic about it, conversation's over, right? Just let it go, man. Just say, well, you know what, we'll, let's talk about something else. See, we are to watch. We are to be aware. We are to be looking for our master's return. But not just, here's the thing, not just so we can get out of here. We got, we got people that we got to take with us. Our motive has to be right. So as we, as we dig into this, <clears throat> here's one of the things I want you to, to, to keep in front of you. <clears throat> Excuse me. First and foremost, Paul says this, we must rightly divide the word of truth. What's that mean? You can just as easily wrongly divide it. And, and then also, here's something else to think about. Jesus, the Apostle Paul, and Moses, they all made this same statement. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. See, when it comes to end time events, guys, at the end of the day, the Bible, Oscar, you know the Bible has to agree. From cover to cover, you know, one of my teachers back in school, he used to say, from Genesis to the maps. Some of you are like, what's that mean? So you don't, you don't have maps on your smartphone. <laughs> but a, a real Bible back in the day, they used to put maps and stuff. Anyway, the Bible has to agree. And here's another important reality that I want you to kind of keep in mind as you begin studying some of this stuff out. The Apostle Paul says this in his letter to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians. He says, give no offense either to the Jew, to the Greek, or to the church. You see, there are times that God is addressing a certain group of people in the Word of God. It's not just everybody. He's talking, there are times that Jesus is talking to Jews. There are times he's addressing the church. There are times when you, you the, the Greek, that means the ungodly, those that don't have a relationship with the Lord. There are three groups of people on the planet right now. Do you understand the Jewish people? There is a group of them. They do not believe Messiah has come yet. You realize that, right? See, that, that, but you and I know differently on that subject. So our talk is in no way going to be some in-depth study of, of this subject, but we have to be at least open to to get some perspective here on what it looks like yeah and I know some of you have some working knowledge of this but uh, there's others that want to know some of these things so a couple of things that, that you should know about for example let, let's just take a look at the the book of Revelation for a second all right like yes we're gonna study the book of Revelation <laughs> no we're not <clears throat> we'll, we'll highlight some stuff in it but the first thing you need to know about the book of Revelation is this and I, I hear this quite often with people. The book of Revelation is singular. It's not revelations. It's singular. It is, listen, it is one revelation of the returning of our king. It, from, from, the, from chapter 1 all the way through, it's one revelation. The whole thing is one revelation. The title actually means, the revelation, it actually means uncovering or the revealing of truth. And I want you to think about this for a second. You'll, you'll like this. If our omniscient God wrote this, then it's actually his record of history in advance. Is that weird? He's omniscient. He knows everything. And so what he has done is he has stepped out of his dimension into time which we are confined to, to give us a book called The Revelation of Him Coming Back. <laughs> huh? So watch this. And Jesus, he actually told us this when he was talking to us in the beginning with the disciples. He says, guys, to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So the Holy Spirit will help us to understand these things. So in Revelation chapter 1, listen to these words. Blessed. Say blessed. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words in this prophecy. One prophecy. Blessed is the one who hears and reads them and keeps them. What's written in it? And what's that say at the end? <clears throat> For the time is near. Now, if the time is near 
when John wrote this? Come on, man. Time is near. But the thing I want you to understand, he encourages us. Blessed is the person that reads it. Guys, we, we can't ignore this book all the time because it's weird. It doesn't make sense. There's so much typology and stuff in it. So here's what I want you to do. Daggone it. Can, can y'all give me a, I mean, give me a few minutes, all right? That's, thank you, sir. That's what I'm talking about, yes. So as we talk about this, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make notes. I want you to write questions down. As a matter of fact, our staff has, has made it available for you. If you, you just, vlcmoreinfo at gmail, you can go there, type your questions in. You can, you know, you can actually email, uh, in, in our version notes, you can email and find out stuff. See, this is the thing, we want you, I know there's all kinds of stuff, questions and confusion. Write them down, guys. We want to help you with this. Send them to us. We'll, we'll discuss them. Just think if next week I just had a whole lot of questions. I just started answering question after question next week about this stuff. So if you have them, write them down. See, this is the thing as we begin to study it. Because Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately. And they said, tell us, when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming? at the end of the age. Three key questions here. Number one, when will these things be? Well, now you already know. Nobody's going nobody's to know the day or hour or when these things will be. But, <clears throat> remember what I told you about Matthew 24? You have to read that from the perspective that the church is no longer on the planet. I don't have time to go into the rapture of the church today, but you do understand that the second coming is Jesus coming to the planet. You understand that? He actually walks on the planet. But in Corinthians, in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, in the book of Revelation, they all talk about the church going to him. So he comes to the planet, but he doesn't land on it, and he gets us. So when you read Matthew chapter 24 tonight, when you're studying, maybe, okay, I'm sorry, it's really, little encouragement there. Read it from the spec from the perspective that you're when you read it that the church isn't here, who's left? The Greek and the Jew. Because he tells them very clearly in Matthew 24, he says, guys, when you see the abomination of desolation standing in the temple, in what temple? Where, where's the temple at? Where? But is it there yet? The abomination of desolation, Daniel tells you who that is. That's the Antichrist. When he stands in the temple, Jesus says, pray that it's not on the Sabbath. Why would he tell the church to pray it's not on the Sabbath? He's not talking to the church. He's talking to people on the planet. I, I, Father, give me that one, the, the, the time frame. I got to get y'all out of here. We'll get back to, we're going to pick up next week. But I, I, I mentioned this several times, but I want you to see this, and I want to give you some perspective so that it can give you something to think about, okay? Because Peter and Moses both quoted this, a thousand years is with the day, a day with the Lord is like a thousand years, but a thousand years is like a day. And Peter says, make sure you understand this. And so I put this, I put this together for you so that you can kind of get some time frame here because Amanda and I were talking last week. Well, what did Jesus do for three days? Huh? Look here. Two and a half years? Well, he was gone for three years, so he was gone for about five minutes. Huh? The seven years of tribulation that are going to go on on the planet while the church isn't here? Seven years, about 10 minutes. So we'll go 
and we'll step over into another dimension with our immortality because Paul says that we will be changed in the twinkle of an eye. We will change and we'll put on immortality and we'll be at the marriage supper of the Lamb celebrating with the Lord while seven years of hell is breaking loose on earth. That stuff in the book of Revelation, seven years is going on up here. It's going to seem like 10 minutes. See, my, my mom went to heaven in 2000. So she'd been there for 22 years. I'm going to get there in a little while. And she's like, I just got here half an hour ago. What are you doing here? See, if you if you'll get some perspective, time as you and I know it, because we are consumed with time, you all, but God isn't. You have to understand as these things play out, and those seven years and all those all the stuff that is poured out in those seven years all that tragedy and destruction jesus said there's things that's going to happen in the book of revelation that never happened before that lets you know and it's never going to happen again so you have to find types of stuff in the old testament and there are no types of the seven years of tribulation anywhere in the book he said it's never happened before and it'll never happen again yeah so you're not going to be there just so you know as long as you're born again. Now, if you're not born again, you're going to need some help. My point with sharing this today is so that you understand from God's perspective, even if God waited a half an hour, Cody, well, that's another 30 years for us. You'll probably still be here. I don't know if I will. I, I might. Dang, <laughs> I might, who knows? I won't be up here, I can tell you that. I'll be sitting down there with Cecil. We'll be looking at y'all. Here's the thing that I want you to understand. God didn't want anybody to perish. He wants all men to be saved. Having a little knowledge about these things coming to a close, looking over the landscape of what's going on in our nation, you all, don't get shook. Don't get over in fear. How many of you actually believe Psalm 91? A couple of you? Okay. You should go check that out. It's, it's really a wonderful promise from the Lord for us. God is going to do some wonderful things in, in our lives in these days. But we've got to be willing to step out. Before all this stuff begins to change, he's coming back with this glorious church, remember? So you have to be willing to put on the things of God. Paul says, put on your new man, step out in faith so that you can embrace this reality and be the light, be the, 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 the example of Jesus to people. Because we are coming closer to things wrapping up. Anybody here like to experience that? I know some of you are like, man, I would love, but what's your motive? I know we would love to experience the rapture, but you're still here right now. And there's somebody that every one of us knows that doesn't know the Lord yet. Like I told you last week, guys, this is the most difficult thing that a believer will ever do. This little window of time called humanity. It's the hardest, most difficult thing, but it's also the shortest thing we'll ever do. Oh, it's gone. I was going to show you something with, with, with our time. But I mean, you think about it. If you live... If you live to be 72 years old, that's an hour and a half. Oh, there it is, yeah. I mean, think about it. 125 years, it's three hours. I mean, I spend three hours watching TV. Man, I don't know about that. That's called unbelief. If Peter and Moses brought it up. Don't you think we ought to pay attention to that? I mean, Moses, he was a pretty influential, influential individual. Don't you? Yeah. He pastored the largest church ever existed. Peter? Yeah. He had the power of God flowing through him. And so today, with these thoughts, as you go read some of this stuff, write your questions down. Don't get weird about it. Don't be trying to scare somebody. Well, the Lord's coming back. Turn or burn, baby. You better hook up with me. No, no, none of that. No. Like John said Wednesday night, the gospel is good. Y'all do know the gospel is good news. Good, good. It's good news. Yeah. We get to go to heaven. 
Let's take, let's take, let's take all we can with us, okay? This, this subject content is just so that with everything going on in the world, we, we've got people asking stuff. I saw a story the other day. Oh, no, I think it was Derek was telling me about the person they sold everything. Was that you about they sold everything they had? Somebody sold off. The Lord's coming back. They sold everything they had. Sold their property, sold everything. Waiting on the Lord to come back. No, don't do that. We are to occupy. We are, we, listen, you need to be about it now, like he said about the thief. You need to be looking, kind of like when, uh, you know, when uh, they were, uh, when, who was the guy that rebuilt the Jerusalem wall? Nehemiah? Thanks for your help. Yeah, Nehemiah. They had one hand on their sword and one hand on a tool. You need to be looking for the Lord. You need to be waiting for the, because in the blink of an eye, we're out. Is that cool? Yeah, it is. I know, I like, I want to experience that. Some of you like, you, you, you only want to experience it because you don't want to go to the grave. Well, I get it. <laughs> Who wants to do that, right? <laughs> but absent from the body, either way, we, we, either way we win. So don't get hung up on the stuff. When it happens, just be ready. And until that time, let's be on purpose about the things of Jesus. Let's tell everybody we can in a loving, upbeat, fun, exciting way with a smile on your face. Don't, 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 don't be highlighting. Listen, don't be highlighting their sin. Huh? You want to highlight somebody's sin, look in the mirror. Anyway, I have got to get you out of here. I, I, I guarantee you, children's workers are like, man, tell him to shut up. If you're in the room today, you know I never want to close out a service without giving you a chance. If you're in the room or if you're listening or watching today and you've never taken that initial step of faith to give your life to Jesus, we're not talking about church membership. Sure, we would love to have you here, but we, we, I get it. We may not be your style. But you're here today. You're listening. You're watching today. Stop what you're doing and take a step of faith and give Jesus a chance in your life. We've made it so simple. All you've got to do is believe and confess. This simple little prayer that we say as a church family together to help you take that step of faith into a brand new life with Jesus. But you've got to start. You have to believe it and you have to say it. That's what Romans teaches us. So as we pray this prayer together as a church family, take a step of faith. Say it with us. Give Jesus a chance. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my life and make me new. And from this day forward, Jesus is my Lord. Heaven is my home. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're in the room and you said the prayer, stop by our information desk. We have a nice little gift for you, something to help you get you started in your journey of faith. Those of you listening, watching, man, you got to tell somebody. The greatest thing in your life just happened. You get to go to heaven. I mean, it is an awesome thing, man. Not only that, you get Jesus to stay with you every day of your life while you're still here. So, outside these four walls, we always like to remind you, you got an opportunity to reach somebody you got an opportunity to influence, to influence, to impact somebody's life with Jesus. Take a step of faith today. Trust that when you step out, he's going to give you just what you need. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Have an awesome week. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at victorylifeky.com. Thank you so much for listening.